Hey guys, and welcome to episode 10. We made it to double digits of the Front Boards and Four Baggers podcast. I am Eddie from Cornhole Bag Reviews, and we got Corbin from Corbin's Cornhole Reviews. Uh, today we got a little Sure Shot Cornhole Spotlight. We got all the two release bags I have, as well as an unreleased bag coming soon that we're going to talk to you guys about, as well as uh, we shot out a question uh, earlier or talk on Facebook about basically doing an AMA uh, for you guys to send us any questions you want answers to. So we got a couple of questions compiled that you guys were curious about. We'll just kind of answer some questions, a little more casual of a podcast, but something fun to do for the the 10th episode and uh, give SureShot a little shout out. So uh, we're going to start out here with the SureShot Diablo. So the SureShot Diablo, we're looking at a, oh, you got the other design. I got the yellow. I do. Uh, we got the five, nine speed material wise. Um, what I said in my video and how I classify it is it's denser in my opinion than a three fifty seven, but less textured than a nine millimeter. So it's kind of, I, I think it's kind of in between those two cause it's very dense, okay. but it's, it's not quite a three fifty three fifty seven is a little more broken in. Yeah. It's not the same. And nine millimeter is like uh, uncomparably textured so I, I found it kind of well, somewhere in the middle totally different speeds too but yeah talking texture yeah, yes. yeah just texture wise um yeah. and then the fast side is that pro sniper viper fast side uh, a lot of bags use that it feels really nice um the fill is the small disc that everybody's using feel again i really like that disc and then on the website right now they're doing a sale for 70 bucks uh, plus shipping. Normally they're 80 bucks plus shipping. Uh, some people have some of these. They're selling for 50, 60 bucks on Facebook. And also if you use code Eddie on the SureShot website, you get 10% off, which is cool that they uh, did that for you guys. So um, you've thrown this bag a little bit. What is your opinion on this one? A little bit. Um, so that slow side is kind of like, it almost feels like spread out Surefire to me. I mean, it's it's got that texture to it, you know, like Surefire butter texture kind of. Um, see for it me, it's the, the same. Yeah, the density is what gets me. It's just it's, like well, it's so the density dense. of like three fifty seven. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, but it doesn't play quite like three fifty seven. They play nice. I like them. The the only thing that throws me off on them is the size of the template. Yeah, they're you know, huge. It's, it's a it's a larger bag. You know, oh, yeah. it's it's not quite game changer large because it's not as fat. Um, it's the width though. I'm looking it, at them today. It's, it's, it's very oh, similar it's to the size. Center. Oh yeah, it's absolutely, big. absolutely. Um, I do like them. Honestly, I think you have to throw them a lot to get them broken in. Uh, you do have to artificially break them in quite a bit oh, yeah. unless you just want to throw them for two months straight before you really want to use them in tournaments. But they're a good bag. I do like how they play, honestly. And I don't really have an issue with them. I, I really like the fast side. Really, really good for pushes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really just the uh, the template that throws me off. And I would rather throw the Loco, which we'll get into. Yeah, but same. It's really not a it's really not a bad bag if you like something just a touch slower. No, and I was talking to Mike Norris, um, who, if you guys don't know, he runs Norris Splat and also Sure Shot. Um, he sent me some pictures of like his Diablos that are just nuked, and they actually looked really, really good. So I, I think this is just this is almost like a Tango scenario where it's like. Yeah, you can't enjoy the bag until you just nuke the crap out of it. You got to like, nuke it. Yeah. And I did. I did wrinkle guard on these. I did hair conditioner. I've tumbled for like hours and I've thrown for a really long time. Now they're at a point that they're throwable. I remember I did wrinkle guard and I could still set it on the hole and it wouldn't fall in. Like that's how stiff mm-hmm. it still was after wrinkle guard. So yep. I think anybody, if you are wanting to try these bags out, first of all, the design's really cool. Um, mm-hmm. The speeds are nice, and if you want to try these bags out, just know when you get them in the mail, don't. 
be like you can't you can't just like expect it to break in like a lot of these new bags do you, no, like, you're not throwing them out of the bag but if you're used to breaking it at 357 mm-hmm. i'd say that's a little quicker but it's similar to that or the caimans from strive i mean like that material mm-hmm. just takes a while to work in and then you have to work it in that fast side feels good really quick uh the big template again i think when this breaks down more i'll start to be okay with it um I know me and you are both kind of smaller template people. We don't mm-hmm. like these gigantic bags, but it does grab the hole well. It falls in well. Um, the fast side collects really well. I'd say that's the one nice part about the big template is sometimes with this, this material is so fast, it almost doesn't collect, but because the template's so big, then it, it, it's still collectible in some sense. That helps it. Yep. So I, I think it's a good price point and, uh, you know, 80 bucks and 10% off, you know, like, I mean, you're under seven, you're like 75, 80 bucks ACL pro stamp. Uh, and we're going to get to that. That's the price of the next bag we're going to talk about too. But, um, I think it's a really solid bag. I think it's, it's their first bag. Um, Mm -hmm. and I think this is meant to be their quote unquote slow bag to go into the next bag. So the next bag is the sure shot loco. Now this bag's legit. This bag's like really, really, really good. Uh, like surprising. I was very surprised. Good after throwing the Diablo, I was like, the Diablo had a nice te- like you could tell it was like high quality. They knew what they were doing, but I was like, I wasn't a big fan of the slow side in terms of like just mm-hmm. how long it's taking to break in. I got this out and I was like, damn, I already know I'm gonna like this. Uh, oh, yeah. Materials. So it's a six nine speed. Materials is Costello Pro Sniper Slow Side and Pro Sniper Viper Fast Side. So it's literally a Pro Sniper, and in my opinion, and even after wrinkle guarding and throwing a ton, it is a more full Pro Sniper. Yes. Same same exact fill, small disc. Um, it's a smaller template than the Diablo. If you put them on on, it's a slightly tighter template, but. I mean, you can see from flop, mine are thrown pretty, pretty well. This is about as floppy as they're going to get. Like pro snipers start to get really thin and break down. These feel great. If they feel very similar to, uh, they're a little bit smaller than my Costello's. So they're less, uh, they're a little bit fatter, but the materials, I love both these materials really smooth, especially the wrinkle guard. It just made them feel awesome. Uh, super hole friendly. And I've been really enjoying them and, and price again, same price. 70 bucks plus shipping, uh, use my name for 10% off. But yep. yeah, so I obviously, I think you're fairly similar in the thoughts on this bag. I love them. Yeah. Absolutely love them. I mean, it's like, you know, I love pro snipers and then I went over to Costello's. Yep. I really like that eight slow or the eight fast side on Costello's. Um, this has that nine fast side. So it's a toss up, honestly. I like them both quite a bit, but. I mean, just the feel of these is really good. Just a little bit more full. You know, some people like that nasty loose bag. And, you know, I've told the story before. People throw their pro sniper to me and I hold it and I say, you've ruined it. (laughs) And it's just, I don't like a super loose floppy pro sniper. These aren't that, Mm -mm. you know, these, these are definitely more full. They feel awesome, but they still do everything that a pro sniper Costello. And look at the designs are sweet too. Yeah. We got the same one here. It's a sweet I design. do love it though. So, it's so cool. I literally opened this up out of the mail. I was like, all right, that's cool as hell. I actually took these like to regionals cool. and I was throwing these at regionals because um nice. They were just a little fuller and I was finding yep. them kick a little less on me, uh just yep. because of the little bit fuller template. But I, I, I just and and like you know, everyone really likes that super floppy bag, but like these I found are just as hole friendly. They still fall in super well. They are uh they're yeah. quick. I mean, you have to like a faster bag or it's really good once it starts to get humid. Um, a lot of people ask me, you know, cause 
Because like, so Blackwater Castell is a good example where like they use the exact same fast side and the slow sides when the boards are hot are almost identical, like very similar. Mm -hmm. But that surefire material just sticks up so much faster. And then this material kind of hangs on a little bit longer before you got to go to something faster, faster. But so this is just a really good transition off the surefire type bags. So, you know, if you're throwing Blackwater surefires, jackals, any of that kind of stuff, this is another good option. If you you think that Castellos are too thin or if you don't like pro snipers, you don't want to pay for pro snipers again 75 bucks i think this is this is my favorite bag that they make um so far that i've tried um the next bag we're going to go into i haven't spent enough time with yet so um could possibly like that one but i mean this one just fits right in my wheelhouse because it already slots into that bag i like slots into that material i like and the fill i like and everything everything that i like about the bag so really really happy with this bag uh we'll both have be having i i just released my diablo review a couple days ago we both will be mm-hmm. having reviews of all these bags coming out in the future at some point yep. um but just be on the lookout for this local review because i'm just gonna say that i love the bag because i do and because it's really nice so uh, the last bag uh we got an unreleased bag so that he made a carpet bag as well so we have the dynamic is yes. his is his carpet bag so uh looking at speeds on these i'm pretty sure so all three of these bags the diablo the loco and the dynamic all use that pro sniper fast side uh and they all use that small disc fill this i believe is is that four or five speed carpet um this Mm -hmm. is real i don't this is real carpet it does not feel like hybrid it's way too soft to be hybrid oh it's real carpet it's definitely real carpet um i haven't spent enough like i've thrown them a bunch but i haven't gotten them dirty enough yet uh to really be carpet but just um, oh, and let me finish it up. So it's a thin, forgiving carpet. Uh, I don't know when it'll be released, hopefully soon. And I'm assuming it's going to be right in that $80, $90 price point plus shipping. Um, I haven't spent enough time like dirtying them and stuff to make it play like full carpet. This yeah. this kind of goes in that, at least for me personally, this goes in that you know pink dolphin, dope, tag, forgiving carpets not the same speeds but i'm saying like thinness and disc fill where it's gonna be more difficult to roll but it's not gonna kick as much on you it's gonna be a lot more hole friendly and you know and and part of me doesn't necessarily understand the um friendly carpet bag another part of me understands that well it's kind of nice that the speeds never change in humidity if you guys we've talked about this many times but carpet doesn't change speeds um but it's really whole friendly. It uses the big template. It's the big Diablo template. So it's a big mm-hmm. square uh, and it's a fairly thin carpet. Uh, I haven't laid if it's as big as the Diablo. I got them laying It's on a each little other. smaller. Mine's a little so? smaller. Yeah, just a little. Maybe you haven't thrown yours enough. You haven't relaxed it down. <laughs> but have you, uh, what, what is your first opinions on? I mean, I think it feels great. I think it, it's really whole friendly and it plays good. I think I've just been on the Tango Viking road right now where i'm like i want my carpet to be a bouncy ball so it's right. so well, it's and i'm literally i literally just laid it on top of the loco and the, it is literally the exact same size the loco or the diablo the loco exact okay, maybe, same size. maybe it is the loco template um either way yeah um i haven't thrown them a ton ton uh i'm in the same position as you i've definitely thrown them they're there i mean they're they're thrown right yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean it's i mean mine they're not too, yeah they're not, you know, brand new out of the box by any means. No, yeah. Um, but they're again, they're not dirty, like you said. They're not dirty enough to do what carpet does. Uh, I do agree with you though. I think it's a more forgiving carpet in a sense. Uh, but I really 
do want to see what happens when the boards get just a little bit tacky, mm-hmm. like before they're humid. You know what I mean? Before it's dewy or whatever, like an indoor tournament at three or four in the afternoon when you've been playing since 9 a.m. That's when I want to see them because I think it'll really, really shine at that point. So I like them. They feel amazing in the hand. Yeah. Um, like you're saying, though, they're not going to be a Neptune or a Tango or a Viking as far as like bounce and flop and all that goes. But you can definitely do it. And I did oh, yeah. do it. Mm-hmm. You know, when I was throwing with them, I was flopping them. It just takes a little more effort because that carpet's not totally dirty yet. You know, not really getting there. I just love the way they feel. Yeah. They feel no, really, I, really good. I mean, this is so it's the same material as the Tango Fast Side. Um, Correct. So, so which I actually really like. Don't get me wrong. I love the Costello Game Changer eight side but the nine side which for those who don't know it's literally the back side of that costello material it, it's starting to really grow on me because i like how smooth it is like it's really soft to throw Me too um and it's really starting especially like throwing those tangos a lot like when i flip it over to fast side i just like that especially because i pull a little my thumb i like that it's not like crunching on my thumb all the time like i actually find sometimes it's like irritating on my thumb like uh you just got the combats in i've heard the combats yeah. are very very sh- not sharp but sharp rave where it's like They're over crunchy. over a long period of time it's starting to it can pull on your thumb a little bit so this material is really yeah. growing on me and i really love i mean obviously it's real carpet it's really soft and that disc fill i mean the handle's great i mean it's it's a solid it's a solid handle i don't feel any beads in it at all feels very very good yeah. um so i i think i think it's a really another slots into that really good forgiving carpet bag uh if mm-hmm. you know and if if i i can understand their lineup i mean they have a 357 type speeded bag with that fast side they have like a pro sniper type bag and humidity and then you have a carpet bag for the carpet bag people you know mm-hmm. i mean and there's i was watching players the other day throwing you know beasts or double dragons that that i consider kind of a more friendly carpet the tango just flopping them like crazy so i mean if, the, if you oh, know yeah. what you're doing i'm sure you could flop this bag plenty fine oh, absolutely. Uh, with a solid handhold and, and a really good push side i mean same reason i like the tango so much. i think that push side lends itself really well when you do flop it's going to slide in the hole really easily uh, it's going to push and slide through really easy and, and this thin template too i mean you're going to sneak through tiny holes with this thing kind of like what you would do with oh, a yeah. pro sniper um yep. So if you're a carpet guy, and again, I mean, good price point, ACL Pro stamp, good design. Um, I think it's a solid oh. carpet bag. And Mike's awesome. And so. Mike's a good guy. So <laughs> I like supporting Mike's the good awesome. guys, you know? Absolutely. Um, but yeah, overall, I like their whole lineup. I mean, I, I, I every single one of the bags, I mean, maybe the Diablo slow material, just because I haven't spent enough time with them. Like I, I, you know, is probably my least favorite material of all of them. Not saying I don't like it, but it's, but they'll get there. They'll get there, and I can mm-hmm. understand the decision point on all three of these bags, like why they're Absolutely. being used, um, and how yep. the trend or the transition goes up. I was talking to him a couple of times. I was like, "Man, all your bags use that nine fast side," and he's like, "Yeah, because that material is the best." I'm like, "I can't argue." I guess. Fair I mean, enough. He's like, "He's like, if I'm flipping over to a fast side, I want that on my fast side." I'm like, "All right." I can can't get, even I can, tell you you're wrong. I can get with that. I can get with that. So <laughs> if you guys haven't checked them out, check out Sure Shot Cornhole. They're active on Facebook. They have great designs, great bags. I think they're going to keep coming out with more. I mean, Mike Mike obviously understands Cornhole, and I think he's going to be keep coming out with bags. And he's got you know a good template, good fill, and, and staying in that price point. And I think we have it. So we're going to move on to the AMA section. So I, I compiled all the questions that you guys commented on Corbin's post on Facebook. Uh, one of the <laughs> questions is actually about like the price point thing, which we'll get into. But uh the first question i'll ask you you can you can answer it first with uh what do you think the acl currently is doing right what do you think they could improve 
And what do you think is the thing hindering it from becoming a bigger sport? And it's such a que- good question. Good question. It's a loaded question. Uh, There's a lot in there. It is, it's a completely loaded question. Uh, and that was Shane Edel. Edel. Yep. Sorry, Shane. I don't know how to say your last name. Um, what they're doing right. I mean, I think being televised, getting big sponsors, that's huge. Um, doing a ton of different events obviously big, you know, they're running opens all over the place and the opens are, there's either a live feed or multiple live feeds or whatever, you know, brackets are available. They're going live on Facebook all the time. I like that a lot. Um, what could be improved? Man, I don't know. <laughs> but I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not a businessman. Right. Well, so like, yeah. that's the tough what part. It's like, what can be improved about any sport? You know I mean? It's well, just, okay. So you, you could say payouts, you could say what the know. pros make, you could say incentives on becoming a pro. Um, I mean, I don't know. The point system kind of throws me off like ACL pro points because it's about, it's, you got to go to the most event. I mean, if you well, you have to go to a ton events. of events, yeah. but you know, if you buy a gold membership or better, you get a thousand points. So you're literally purchasing a thousand points that go toward your point total. Yeah. That's a bit that strange. one. I don't love, you know, it's like, I mean, you should be able to get perks without purchasing points. Cause what, what if the difference is someone that worked their butt off, but didn't want to spend the money on a platinum membership say, and then someone that just bought the membership and they beat them out by 50 points. Yeah. They're obviously playing a lot more you know, thrown at a lot of different events, they purchased it. So but I would say, like, I think almost every player in the weird. top couple hundred probably has platinum. Well, they're going to pay for it. They're um, going to pay for it. Yeah. Or their sponsors are going to buy it for them or whatever it is. Here's you know? my thought um, on the, on the question is, um, I don't think there's anything currently hindering the growth of ACL in terms of if you're playing in ACL events, you've either known about a Cornell for a while, you've played it for a while, or you're deep enough in the rabbit hole to like be committed to it. Um, cause I think once you get, I don't think there's a lot that ACL can do. I think it's, it's, I think more of the weight goes on your local, uh, cornhole organizer, people like putting in like blind draws or having accessible events or having good intermediate and advanced parts of events and becoming a more welcoming sport. Not that it isn't already welcoming cause it is, but like making sure that there's always options for people to come out to learn the game because I mean, people asking these questions, I mean, you're on the Facebook pages looking for bags, but I think the sport is going to get big by convincing all the camping players to start playing competitively or trying actual events and getting in the stuff. So I think the TV coverage is obviously doing big. I mean, I think that's the biggest thing that's happening because I mean, all of my friends that are like, Oh, you play corner. They're like, Oh, I saw that on TV. Like that's almost all the response I get is people have been mm-hmm. seeing it on CBS and ESPN and that's giving it the most exposure. I would say, I'd say 99% of people have no idea that there's opens and there's open structure. They just see it on ESPN once in a while. So mm-hmm. I think, I think as the sport grows, it's going to grow locally. And as your local stuff gets bigger then I think the interest for ACL will continue to get bigger. Uh, but I don't think anything, they need to change anything currently because the players that want to do it are already there. And I think there's a lot of players that want to do ACL that aren't even good enough yet. So it's not even like they have to, you know, fish for more players. I think the player base is plenty big right now in terms of what ACL is trying to do. But I yeah, I think they're doing pretty good, honestly. Um, I think really, if you want a hindrance answer, the pro stamp. I uh, yeah, I do hate. Honestly, I, I hate mean, if stamp. I guess that's that's the only thing which really only applies to pros. So you just need to be ACL approved bag essentially. Um, the pro stamps really the only thing, but 
that's just a royalty thing. They got to get their, they got to make their feet somehow. in the water. I, mean, I get it. You know, it is what it is. It's just, if I had to pick a hindrance, there you go. Yeah. That's a, that's a good one. Um, next question. We got Kyle Butler who said, uh, should the ACL have a uniform policy? What do you think? And my boy, Kyle. Um, I actually agree with it. And I, I might be in the minority on that one, but I kind of like it because any pro sport, any pro team, you have a uniform. There's a policy. I mean, golfers can wear kind of what they want, but they have to wear slacks. It has to be a polo style shirt. You know, it's got to be certain stuff like that. Uh, obviously football, baseball, hockey, basketball, whatever. You're all wearing a Jersey. You're all wearing a uniform. It's all the same stuff. So I don't know if I agree with like no Crocs and no slides. <laughs> I'm a slide fan. So that's the one. Right. I don't and like, it's, but... and I'm not, I mean, it's, I wear dudes or tennis shoes when I play, but like I wear jeans when I play, I always wear jeans. I'm one of those weird guys that literally wears jeans everywhere. Um, but now if I'm a pro and in a year, I'm going to have to wear slide pants. See, you know, or athletic looking pants, whatever they called it, you know, the, the way that I look at it is I think that it's totally fine to have a TV uniform policy that if you make okay. the broadcast, you have to wear a certain attire just because you're going to an audience that's way bigger than just cornhole in my opinion. But what if you have to change like. Yeah, so but most of the time on TV, most of the time on TV, that's they've already made top four and it's the next day. I mean, I'm not talking so about Facebook you, broadcast. I'm talking so CBS, ESPN, Facebook. Okay. like okay. the national televised television that it's like, all right, you, well, you guys I, are the faces think, of what everyone is going to be talking about. And I think the uniform policy only applies to pros. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying like, d- like the open that just happened, like 90% of those games, if it wasn't on the bright, like I don't think – it doesn't matter if you're wearing – no, like you're right. Slides you're right. and shorts. I mean, like whatever, wherever you want. Um, yeah, that's fair. And I guess the, I mean, it's going to be pros at all the events that are probably televised. So yeah, it's going to be, you know, all the nationals, all that, whatever. So I guess that makes sense. Um, yeah. I, just, I don't hate it, but I, I think jeans is silly to not allow jeans. Yeah. I, I, I just, I mean like, and even talking to uh, Cheyenne, like I know for the pro shootout, like they did the whole bracket and then the next day was the televised stuff. So, I mean, if, yeah. if it's that way where you're coming into the event, knowing you're going to be on TV, then fine, you, got time. Wear, yeah. you know, wear pants and shoes or whatever you got to wear. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I can understand why they do it. it. They're trying to become a more professional organization kind of thing. But at the same time, it's yep. like, what's considered professional. You know, I think Crocs are sweet. <laughs> Uh, the next one we got Drew Stoll <laughs> saying, uh, "Where do you think the future of the game is heading?" Another one of my boys, Drew. Love Drew. Um, he runs Olympus bags. If you oh, didn't know, nice. Yeah, just did that video the other day. Actually, um, where do you see the future of the game heading? And honestly, Question. I was just talking about my wife with this uh, earlier today. I think it's going to get huge. Oh, it's gonna I really do. And it's not just because I'm in it and because I love it and whatever. I just think it's getting bigger every single day. You know, people are like, oh, you play cornhole. Like this time last year, I was telling people, yeah, I play cornhole like competitively. And they're like, what? Yeah. Like, really? And like now people are like, oh, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, I got a cornhole tournament Saturday. They're like, oh, that's sweet. You know, have fun. Like mm-hmm. it's not even yeah, a thought anymore. It's now, like, yeah. it's pretty normal now, you know, I I think it's going big. I don't know where the ceiling really is but i don't think we're anywhere close no i mean like it's a low barrier to entry athletic sport in terms of like you, there's all walks of life athletic well but i'm saying that's what i'm saying like, all walks of life can play it yeah, i think absolutely. if you're a kid growing up right now there's a lot of pros that are your age or like close to your age that are insanely good so you're like dang that's mm-hmm. something i could do 
there's a lot of play styles like the flop roll play style it's very much of this new generation where it's like there's kind of like this new wave of cornhole coming uh, that are like these these new players that are playing kind of like against the rules or like outside of the barrier of what it's been before and figuring out all yeah, the rewriting stuff the rules and, on different shots it's yeah, not slide and block yeah it's so I, do what you can and and i don't think like we're in for the last you know um shot being figured out you know i think something ridiculous is going to no, be there's more. at some point you know i mean people are people are smart so i think cornell is going to explode i mean the main reason that i started even doing youtube is just because i was like I could see a future in the sport getting big and I wanted to be a part of, you know, getting those people that information mm-hmm. that I was looking for. And so I yep. foresaw this when I started three plus months ago and it, the amount it's grown in three months is a lot. And I think it's just going to keep growing. Especially, oh, yeah. um, I mean, it's in the winter up here. I mean, we're starting to get more like we have a our um, area now that we play at our venue. We have Monday through Thursday blind draws every night at the same venue, all indoors. Mm-hmm. And we're getting 25 to 30, 40 people a night in a bar to play quite, you know, it's just like the, yep. the accessibility is becoming better and um, stuff like that. So, yeah, but yeah, uh, we got Ryan Dunkel. So he asked, uh, talk about your experiences with ACO versus ACL events. You've both played in. What do you like this? Like about each, I know neither me or you have played in an ACO event. We've both played oh. in ACL regional events. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I guess in my, I, a regional, it's funny. And even the opens, I was talking to some pros. I mean, the regionals and opens, it's just a bunch of dudes playing Cornell. They just get better and better and better at each event. Yeah. It's just, it's just like, yeah. like my regional is like uh, 75 people in a hotel conference room, like that are sure. all just Cornell people. Like the same people you see your blind draws drinking beer with a Cornell shirt on, just throwing bags. It's just the skill level of them moves up and you go to these pro events. I mean, some of the best players are wearing Crocs and slides and, and like drinking beer on, on the broadcast or on the Facebook mm-hmm. stream. And they're just really, really good at making the bag. So yep. I think, I think it's just, you're just, you just see higher quality of play. I don't think you'd see any social players really. It's more just like better and better and better players where you go. Uh, but I yeah. think that's the only difference between that and like well, and ACL player. versus ACO. I mean, I don't, I don't think there is a huge difference. I mean, Matt guy was ACO for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, Jamie Graham is ACO champ three years in a row, like 2014, okay. 15, 16, I think. Yep. Yep. Um, I mean, it's, it's the same thing except for the step over, you know, a lot of step over the line in ACO until right? it hits the board. Yeah. Until it hits the board somehow, which if you can keep your balance leaning forward for that long until it hits the board. Yeah, and ACL know. will never get like, and we don't have that written down, but ACL will never get rid of that rule because Frank Modlin runs all corners. No, because Frank Modlin. <laughs> so <laughs> there's there's no chance that ACL's adding that rule no. anytime soon. No. There's too much funds in, yeah, the, uh, in all, all Differences, corners. I mean, I don't know if payouts are different or whatever. I mean, we, we're we not the experienced ones with ACL and ACL. You know, my not region the, is not very, very ACL heavy. Yeah. So, you know is what it is. I'm, I'm happy with ACL, but I mean, it's, I wouldn't say no to go play an ACO event. I know they do ACO events a little less than an hour away. So I would say check it out. we talked about this. Like, I know you mentioned this like two minutes ago where you're talking about payouts as a hindrance. Mm-hmm. I would say I saw the payouts from the open and like the winner Noah or whatever got like a thousand dollars. And I'm like, man, there, there's like thousand fifteen hundred dollar prize pools in Minnesota with like mediocre competition with no pros. And I'm like, I'm like, man, it's very uh, surprised me that the price was wasn't he? bigger. He was, he won singles. Yeah. Um, no, it was higher than that. I think it was like 1500, maybe I, it dropped under a thousand really fast, like third place. 
It did, but it's, oh man. And I watched it. I watched it all too. I'm trying to remember. I want to say doubles was 5,000 first place. They had to split it. Yeah. But it was 5,000 first and then 2,500 second. I think singles was actually 2,500 first and like 1,500 second or something like that. But I I would say, I mean, that's like, I could be wrong, but I remember him saying that was a $625 bag. Oh, so that's, that's 2,500. Okay, I mean, I mean, it's not bad. I mean, it's not bad by any means. But I'm saying, like, like if any of you guys watched anything or heard anything about the open, like this one was stacked. I mean, like every pro oh, was there almost. I mean, like yeah. literally every single pro. I mean, Matt and yeah. Matt, Matt and Brett Guy were a team. Jamie Graham was there. All the uh-huh. women's players were there. Like yeah. all the you know roll bag players were there. All the zero gravity. I mean, everybody was there. Was so, so I'm like, so stupid. you win that event <laughs> and you get twenty five hundred bucks. But I'm just saying, like, there's weekend events I have here for. 1500 bucks, you know, I'm like, yeah. it's, it's in terms of like the prize pool doesn't feel that for them it. being, they the gotta get their the world, money, you know, they gotta get their money. Um, here we go. Trevor snow. So I think you talked about this a little bit, but what's your opinion on the build quality of newer bags from the bigger brands compared to earlier generations or pre-stamp quality from the same brand? So fill material and template. Want to tackle this one first? Sure, this is my <laughs> my lifeblood here. Because um, I don't. <laughs> I'll get into it, but I don't want to Yeah, do I mean, okay, so there's a lot to unpack here. Um, a lot of it in terms of the distributor situation that bag companies have, and a lot of it is mm-hmm. out of their control in terms of um, the materials that they're getting. It might be the exact same material, but if the manufacturer is either slightly different on the weave that they use in the polyester or if they import it from a different area like game changer material for example viper material has changed a lot over the last three years and that's not their fault it's just where they get it from fill right now a lot of companies are having issue getting the same fill and i actually learned so when plastic resin is made uh, most industries that use it are like you know jet skis and boat insulation and stuff like that that use plastic resin. This is the only industry that exists that gives a shit about the size of the plastic resin and the shape of the resin. So when the resin is made at these plants, they literally make a batch of it and it comes out a certain shape and size. And when they make another batch, it never is that shape and size again. Is they just make it like the system makes it however reason, but it's not a calculated size process. It's based on weight. So like the beads weigh a certain amount, but the shapes are a little bit different. So Surefire just had an issue that the beads were a little bit denser. So now their bags are less full. Ultra must have ran out of their flat fill because they went to an asymmetrical bead fill. A lot of companies I talked to, they say they like, uh, I was just talking to 710 and he said he ordered fill and he ended up with the new Surefire fill. And now he has to order a new fill again. Uh, It's just they order from the same distributors from the same people for years. And it's just not coming out the same. The Surefire slow side material is on like six month back order right now. Everybody wants it. So now if they go to another distributor, it's going to feel slightly different. So it's really difficult to judge a company knowing all those things just because uh, there's so many new companies coming out that are all using the same materials. Um, everything's on back order. Everybody's buying resin. Everybody's buying material. And so like they might be buying from the same people they've always bought from. And they're like, well, we have 10,000 pounds of this resin. We yeah. have to make bags. I mean, like we can't yeah. get rid of it. So like, and, and I use ultra as an example. I don't mean to call somebody up, but they did change their fill this year or even kill shots, kill shots. I don't know if they did out of necessity, but they have gen one, gen two, gen three, all different fills. 
Mm -hmm. And it might just be uh, they wanted to try something new. It might be that's just what they were able to get. So I that mean, was intentional. Oh, okay. But either way, I mean, like, so like uh, Ultra is a good example. I even, and a lot of people are talking now. So I just got the new Vipers. A lot of people are saying it feels more like the series Vipers. And I would say that the fill is still that fill that I'm not the biggest fan of, but the material does feel way different than the, mm-hmm. than the, the last year's Vipers. It does feel like series. It's like a little thicker. And I actually been throwing the Vipers and I don't mind them because it's, I don't notice the bead that much. So mm-hmm. it's always going to be changing a little bit. So if you're a guy that owns every single edition of every single bag, yes, you're going to see differences. If you're a person that buys one set, you're probably not going to notice that much of a difference Mm -hmm. unless you're listening to me gripe about a fill, but like fun. And I'm going to come at it from a different angle. Yeah. Right. Good. Because you're going all technical, all fill sizes, materials, differences, whatever, you know, availabilities, all that. Right. I'm going to come at it from an angle of, pre-stamp versus post-stamp okay sure so pre-stamp companies are trying to get out there they're trying to get bigger they're making hopefully some very high quality stuff to get noticed right now you know certain bags that think they're lucky that's pretty bad actually okay so it's lucky (laughs) (laughs) so certain bag companies you know it's like they get big and the quality control just goes oh yeah absolutely tanks and we've seen it happen i mean like some people say pre-stamp uh vipers versus post-stamp vipers they said the vipers didn't feel as good i thought post-stamp vipers actually felt pretty good mm-hmm. um and it depends how they're broken in how they're treated whatever i get it but there's certain companies that hit that stamp and they get huge so fast and it's just like holy crap we got to figure something out so they either outsource their bags or the they, just, they just take what mm-hmm. they can get and they throw it all together and hope that it's okay. You know, and that's that's not my preferred way of operating. You know, make something good, make it right, and you'll have happy customers. But um, it's just pre-stamp, post-stamp, that's, I can see that happening. Well, and going going on, off a little bit on the Four Leaf Clover company, um, <laughs> the, if I, this, is, this is speculation, but part of me believes that the... Surefires that got sent out that were really thin that all people are complaining about. I don't think that Lucky saw them before they got shipped. Like I think they got shipped from wherever they're being made straight to the customer because yeah, I thought Lucky made in house now because I saw Hennessy do a video of. I'm sure they make like, some in house, but I'm, I'm I, I don't I don't from from it might not be I don't know set. if it's every set and so because I mean because yeah. I got a set of birch berries like I got a set of the off colored birch berries so the misprinted birch berries and mine were mm. very full very very full like extra full like the how they were supposed to be and then my buddy got a set of the off-color burke berries that were really thin like the this new fill so um i i because now that they're offering this return thing i don't know if it's all just because of bad press but um i think it's either they're like man we didn't realize that this would happen uh or not but they I don't know. I mean, I, I can understand, but yeah, pre-stamp versus post-stamp. I mean, I, I think a lot of companies too that get big, they they like either they, I like the companies like WTF that they only put on the website what they have for sale. Same with BG yes. is like, all right, we put a launch. If you miss it, you miss it, but we're not going to pre-sale and make you wait 10 weeks. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know. I think, I think we're going to be, you're going to find a lot more of these issues in the next couple of years too. I mean, there's, there's going to be a couple more companies that blow up. I mean, it's just, it's just what's going to happen. There's a flavor of the mm-hmm. month. I mean, surefires aren't even worth, you know, they're worth what you buy them now. You can just buy sets now. So, I mean, 
just wait. There'll be another set that does it too. And, and you just hope yep. that the company stays true to what they believe in. But at the end of the day, it's a business and they're trying to make money. So, but, um, but yeah, so my comments on the fill materials, I don't think that's always in their hands. I think stuff just changes out of their control and uh, they just make what okay. they can. So, um, but in terms of template, template usually stays the same because usually a company finds a template that's kind of like the secret ingredient, secret sauce, and then they try to yeah. stick with that. Got to um, stick with it. All right, Brody Miller, two things, uh, follow line rules, which we kind of talked about for a second, and then intentionally yep. using verbal distraction during competitor's throw. How are these two things still happening and how do we fix it? Um, follow line, I don't I don't really care about file, follow line. I don't either. I mean, it's like the extra three inches, dude. It's like if, if he if he makes all four and you miss two off the board, that wasn't a three-inch issue. Um, yeah. And and then the, the verbally distracting competitor's throw, I think... Anybody who does that instantly, at least in our area, it's like you're not going to be invited back. I mean, that's just. Oh, you'll get called out oh, straight up. Oh, man. I can't mm-hmm. imagine, dude. I mean, like, I don't even like when my partner tries to say something when I'm going to throw, let alone if a dude is trying to just distract me. I mean, I guess I haven't no. run into that in my events. Our group's pretty no. solid. My area is pretty respectful, I guess. And even yep. drunk people are like, all right, like, they're like so focused on what they're doing. They're not really worried about what you're doing. Um, if yeah, you have people really that are doing that, if you have people that are doing that and they're like really welcomed, I mean, I just question, I don't know. I'd question like the whole area. I think that's, that's yeah. kind of a personal issue more than it is a rules issue. I mean, uh, you can obviously make a penalty of some kind, but I mean, that's just kind of being an asshole. I don't really know how to, yeah, I don't, fix I don't that. like it. I mean, it's, I haven't really run into it. Um, I did it myself unintentionally. Uh, at my last regional seriously i did and i apologize profusely to the guy because i was like well i mean he goes block i lay behind he throws off i airmail over he throws off i airmail over <laughs> he lays up i airmail again i'm like and i was like let's go you know and it's or it might have been a different oh, so he I, I, I yelled let's go as he was throwing his oh, I, I don't think that's bad right and like it, it was my bad. We were playing doubles. So it's like my partner was all amped up. I was like, I just hit a couple of airmails. I'm netting like six points on this round. Right. No. And I was just like, dude, I am so sorry. He's like, oh, no, it's cool. I was like, going to say, I probably wouldn't up. even apologize for that. If I hit an airmail no, and I screamed for a quarter second, just, like that's well, not I mean, distracting. He, he kind of you know? threw, he threw pretty quick. Yeah, I mean, I'm a thrower. Just... I'm a, I'm a slow thrower. Oh, right. Yeah. I mean, I'd take my time. If someone wants to yell and jump around and stuff like I'm probably not even ready to throw yet. So it works out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like <laughs> you're still doing 17 flips. <laughs> yeah. I only do like, I either do two or four, whatever. But like, I mean, that, that doesn't really bother me. And it's, I wear headphones most of the time. So yeah. you're probably not really going to be yelling and distracting me. If you're doing it intentionally, I just think you're a coward and you're not that good. You're trying to throw me off because you're trying to get in my head because you know, I'm going to beat you. It's the so, same dude that whatever. screams at you when you're trying to when you're shooting a layup in basketball because they can't play defense, you know. I mean, right. Exactly. Exactly. And the and the foul line we we've touched, you know, it's like I I only step over it when I'm doing a hard, hard push. Um, I know that you've I messed with your throw, and we'll talk about that yeah. later. But you mess with your throw a little bit and like you you're stepping over. I mean, Modlin steps over all the time. Like, who cares? I mean Again, does that I give don't him think an advantage? Gonna, yeah, no. Not really. I mean, that's just, that's his natural throw. And the dude had a hip surgery. I mean, he's doing what he's got to do to make his throw work still. You know, some people will be like, we'll start further back in the box. Well, now you're not throwing 27 feet. You're throwing, you know, 
29 feet, 30 feet, you're doing whatever. It's that changes things. So also anyone who let people about step it, over, who cares? Anyone who complains about it after this much practice, go throw the bag from 25 feet. And it's probably harder than you think <laughs> Well, <laughs> going close. But they're probably complaining about it because somebody beat them doing it. Probably. So. Um, let's see. Larry Swan. We got, do you think it's more, more, most difficult? Oh, sorry. Do you think it's difficult for most throwers to select the correct correct bag to play with many throwers go to tournament with backpacks or luggage of multiple bags so this probably and this probably isn't even all of what they own because they have so many do you think they force bags to be their favorite depending on popularity instead of what suits their throw long answer short yes (laughs) i mean it's you see a bag pop up and we're both guilty of it right you see a bag getting tons of popularity and just a ton of press and you're like (laughs) i gotta try that bag of course like of course i do um, I mean, yeah, I mean the bag that I bring to tournaments, no, that's a fraction of what I own. Dude, I, I own eight sets of I mean, surefires. Exactly. <laughs> like, I mean, I you don't had to need find them. which one was the best. Yeah, like whatever. And even if <laughs> I don't, I, I use best. the Corbin ones just because why not? Um well, because they're because they're awesome. Because they're awesome. Um, yeah, yeah. No, I mean it's yeah, throwers have to figure out what they like. Uh they have to figure out what fits their game. And then I think if you're smart you find your speed range that you like and then try a different bag, a couple different bags within that range and just kind of tweak what you like. And then whatever. I mean, I, I bring a couple sets due to board conditions, but being a carpet thrower, I bring three carpets for different speeds. And then I bring three non carpets for different speeds. So yes, I'm bringing six sets. Am I going to throw three of them? Doubtful. I'll probably throw two of them all day long. Um, but you know, it's, I locked in what I like and I know what I like. So it just depends. I mean, people are going to try everything. They're going to try and figure out what they like. They're going to go with what's popular. What's the trend. I've never seen more surefires in my life. You know, and for a while I was seeing pro snipers everywhere I went. I mean, it's just, yeah, people are going to play what they see on the pages and what they see pros use. I mean, so I, and I'll attack the first part of this question, which, do you think it's difficult for players to select the correct bag? The way I read that question and what I'm going to answer is I think um, a skill. So I'm a bowler and in bowling, one of the hardest skills to learn is when to transition, which is like when to either move in to find new oil or when to switch balls. And I think mm-hmm. in bags, that's very similar where like if I'm playing a bag, let's say I'm throwing black waters and the black waters start to stick even a little next game, I'm throwing Costello's. Cause I know like 20 minutes from now that little is going to become more. It's going to start kicking. Oh, it's going to become a lot. Up. And so mm-hmm. I think there are players that are really stubborn in terms of like, I'm just going to throw surefires the whole time where I'm like, it would really like, there's a couple of players that are better than me that I've beaten because the surefires were glue sticks and I'm throwing like vipers mm-hmm. and I'm just like, mm-hmm. or game changer. You know, it's like, so yes, I think it helps. And on the contrary, if the boards are lightning fast and you're surefires yeah. and you're throwing everything slightly past the hole, Throw a three, four speed carpet or a four speed, yeah. you know, Omega or something that is a little slower yeah. because it's, it's, it's all about, in my opinion, you should never change your throw. You should always throw the same with a different bag, but you should have the I bag agree. that fits the condition at the time. So yes, I agree with that. Yes. I agree that I think some people need to learn how to transition bags in terms of what bags you pick. Um, I also think there is a level of confidence in a bag so if you've thrown like the loco that i'm throwing as well as a bunch of other ones it's it's the same as a pro sniper almost 
right? But if I've thrown the local at and I'm holding in my hand and I'm like, this is better than a pro sniper. Like I know it's better. Like mentally, I'm going to throw it better than a pro sniper because you don't have that subconscious mm-hmm. thought. We've talked about this with steps and grips and everything is if you don't have these subliminal thoughts when you're trying to throw, it just clears your head and lets you just throw the bags. Same thing with yep. finding the right speeds. If you're like, this is the perfect speed. All I have to do is throw the bag. Now I don't have to worry about where it's going to go. It's just I got to throw it, it in the hole. So. Mm-hmm. Um, I think learning how to find your arsenal, which I think can easily just be two to three bags. I, I don't even think you need more than that. I think Blackwater mm-hmm. Costello, for an example, from Black is a good transition period uh, mm-hmm. or carpet if you like carpet. But so I think learning that transition. But yes, I do. And then the last comment I was going to make is uh, this game, this sport has two types of people it is collectors and it is players and some players mm-hmm. are collectors and some collectors are players and it's just i mean at the end of the day if someone wants to have a suitcase full of bags to show up an event and throw one of them and show everyone all their cool bags more power to them they have a suitcase full of bags i mean cool yep. you got some limited edition bags they look really sweet i mean that's, that's awesome part of the hobby i mean it's, and that's a cool cool part of it um yep we got a couple more here so terry saint germain said which I like this question with the rising cost of stamps bags for some brands uh, don't have to name any. Some brands continue to make more affordable bags, which are 30 or 50% near uh, less costly. Some companies are starting to cross over that 80, $90 price point, or even the one fifteen threshold. What do you think about the price point? Yeah. I mean, that's actually a really, really good question. And I did a video on this. Um, you know, I don't have to name it right now, but it's like a 55, $60 bag versus $110 bag. It's the same bag. Mm-hmm. so it's i mean the difference is like do you want name brand sweatpants or do you want sweatpants from costco right i mean that's kind of what it comes down to it's it's what you like i don't know it, this one's tough for me because i think there's a lot of lower priced companies that make a really really nice product but people think they're crappy because they're not expensive and then i think there's just i mean the price just it keeps going up you know like pro stamp bags used to be like 80 bucks and they were Max. 85 then they were 90 and i just bought 95 and i just did the same with widows yeah. um i mean and it's just i i kind of get it but at the same time it's like i don't know like where where's the lid you know where where are we gonna hit it and be like all right that's just too much for a new bag why are we doing this you know because reynolds has been in the game for how long and they're still at like 55 bucks (laughs) see and the way i look at this question too is like um i don't it's really hard for me when a newer company comes in at the 100 price point because because i personally know how much it costs to make a set of bags and ship Mm -hmm. a set of bags and um, I don't think that it needs to be at a hundred dollars, especially if you're trying to make a name for yourself. Like I really like the, I think that like black sheep, for example, I like the $80 price mm-hmm. point, alpha bags, $80 mm-hmm. price point. Um, I think that's a safe price point to be, if you can get under that. I mean, yeah. I, we'll talk about this a little bit. Like I think I just got the fire heats today. If you want a Viper, it's a small Viper for yeah. $55, $60. And like, mm-hmm. and it's a really solid bag. Um, So I, I just don't, it, it it pains me sometimes because I'm like, I don't, they don't need that much money out of it. And it really fuels no. the collector market. The like, range is crazy. Yeah. It's, I mean, look at Strive and look at uh, Young yeah, 60 Guns. bucks. They're both making really, really good yeah. bags for like 60 or 70 bucks. And then, I mean, Black Sheep still falls into that area, I think, because they're 80 bucks. Mm-hmm. 
you know, and there's, there's really no gap between the 80 and the hundred. I mean, it's no. either under 80 or it's a hundred. So and the most thrown bag in my area is Minnesota tailgate. It's $40. Yeah. They're cheap. Plus shipping. And they're really good, yep. but it's the most thrown mm-hmm. bag by all the players in my area. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, like you can make a really good bag. I mean, the materials, everybody's using similar materials, similar fill, similar templates. It's just about finding the, and, and again, it's like, are you, I guess I've tried enough bags that I'm comfortable going into an event with a $50 set and just being like, these bags are sweet. And people are like, what the hell are those? They're sweet bags for 50 bucks. Like some people yep. I feel like are like, oh, I bought these Vipers. I want to throw them. If I'm like, I'm like, if they're not playing good, I'm not going to throw them. Like, I don't care oh, how much they absolutely. cost. I don't care how much they cost. If they're not playing well, I'm not going to throw them. Yeah. So I don't know. I feel like it's partially companies. It's partially the secondary collector market. I mean, all these companies, their people are on Facebook on the pages. I mean, they see what their secondhand stuff is going for. So if they're like, all right, well, if people are willing to pay 135 bucks for a set of bags, then we'll mm-hmm. offer $165 customs. <laughs> but that's just that's just how it's going to be. I don't th- you know, if you don't like yeah. the price point, dude, there's like 100 freaking companies, man. If you you'll, you'll, find, you'll yeah. find a bag. I mean, it's really not, not that hard. Um uh Dakota Roger Cran said, "What do you think of the fact you can no longer choose your division in ACL?" I like it. I do too. I really do because if, guess if you what? place high enough, your, you're going up. Your skill at the event decides where you go. Yeah, it does not matter. Okay, listen, my ACL profile says I'm intermediate. Mine do you know too. why it says I'm intermediate? Because that's where it regionals? puts you. No, that's where it puts you when you first sign up for it. Oh. Intermediate is their lowest division. It's up to your ACL director or you to bug your ACL director and have them bump it up. So literally, as the rules state right now. I could play intermediate every single regional if I wanted to. But if you do well now, in one, you're going to move up or they're going to move you up. Correct. Yeah. But according to my profile, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have to. No, I know, but I'm but, saying most regional directors will move you. Oh, they'll, they'll bump you up. Yeah. But, I mean, would I ever play intermediate? Like, no, that's silly. I, I don't want yeah. to play social. That wouldn't be fun for me. It wouldn't be challenging. I mean, I'd probably still lose, but probably. it wouldn't really be, it wouldn't really be fun, you know? Cause I'm like, I know that, there's someone really trying here that is just going to get stopped, you know? And it's like, that's, that's not fun. That's not the way to grow. I mean, play where you think you belong at your regionals. That's cool. But if you're going to an open or whatever, let rounders and all that seed you. Yep. And it's just how you're playing that day. So how you're going to play. Yep. Um, I like it. Jordan host. So this question hurt me, hit me, hit yeah. me deep. This one uh, hit you real deep. Do you think there's such a thing as over practicing or practicing yourself into a slump? And if you, have ever been in a slump where you felt yourself getting worse? How did you get past it? Literally how did me, you get past it, Eddie? the past two <laughs> weeks. I mean, to the point that I no longer wanted to play Cornell. I was like, screw this YouTube thing, putting it up. I'm done. This game sucks. I went to reach. So, and I think my issue was um, we throw so many different kinds of bags. I had a normal just 50 50 grip with a step. I mean, everyone's seen it in the videos. I started throwing roll shots, which forced my elbow and my arm and my hand up which forced that right to left angle. And I got to the point that every single release I had permanently had that right to left angle slightly, like not a lot, but enough that my bag kicked left every single time, no matter the bag, I could kick Vipers left. 
Uh, it's just, and, and it was irritating me because I'm playing against people that, you know, are just social players that just whip a Viper and it goes straight and I'm kicking a Viper left, you know, like it was so frustrating. Like I was like, so down on myself. I've tried everything. I tried standing still. I tried butterfly. I tried huge backswings. I tried no backswing. I tried, you know, stepping again. I tried opposite leg. I mean, I literally tried everything to try to get this bag. And, um, I do think I overpracticed myself to get into the slump, which is how I got there from just throwing mm-hmm. so much. And then I started overthinking it. So then I literally, how I got past it is I went back. So I tried this butterfly, no step for a while and it was working a little, but then it wasn't working, went back to normal. So I literally, and I got lucky enough, but if, you, if you're in a slump, videotape yourself throwing, Try to see what you're doing with your arm or your body or your hand. Because for me, I look back to what did I do before? You know, okay, Mm -hmm. this is my hand angle. So then I went back to stepping with that hand angle and I just tried different releases. I just like threw it flat. I threw it like this. I threw it like this until I could finally be like, okay, that looks a little better. And then I started adding some more stuff back in. And now I finally got back to the point now where I'm confident with something. Um, and for all you guys that message me all the time, I'm currently now no stepping, so you can be happy about it and stop sending me puking faces there. There'll be, there'll be a bunch of videos that come out that I'm still stepping, but just know that now I've practiced no stepping, so I don't step anymore. But, uh, but I had to go back to stepping to figure it back out again. Uh, just, just, I've reverted myself back to a level one Gory bags player and try to refigure it out. So start early and go from there. Yeah. I mean, it, I do think there's, there's such a thing as over practicing yeah. for sure. Um, that's always why I preach to people. They're like, how do you practice? And I'm like, practice with purpose, literally practice with purpose, practice how you're going to play. If you struggle, pushing blocks, lay a block on the board, walk to the other side, shoot it down. You know, if you can't lay a block yourself consistently, put a bag on the board and walk down, shoot that, shoot the block, keep shooting blocks, you know, figure out how to push through, how to get around it, do whatever. I mean, it's, if you're literally just going out to the board and just whipping four bags, going to the other end, whipping four bags, and you're just going back and forth, just flinging bags, you're going to screw yourself up, you know, practice with a purpose. I mean, work on your flops, work on your blocks, work on your slides, work on your airmails. I've shot airmails for like a half hour straight. Mm-hmm. Just that's what I needed to work on that day. And I shot him, shot him, shot him, shot him. And then when I was done, I realized, okay, let me make sure I can still slide a bag. <laughs> you know, and I literally still slid a couple of bags. I'm like, okay, we're cool. Now I'm done for the day. You mm-hmm. know, it's just, don't just go out and throw to throw. If you don't feel it, don't throw. I mean, it's practice with purpose. Also, if you're in a slump, especially if it's like a release issue, bag flight issue, kicking issue, something like that. If it's just like, I, I, you know, I can't hit the board or something. I mean, and then you do just have to practice. But for my exact issue where I was just, I couldn't figure out my release. Um, I just, you had to, you have to get rid of muscle memory in terms of start actively thinking about. You have to reset it. Yeah. Actively think about mm-hmm. what are you doing? Like feel your hand and you're like, okay, did you rotate? Did you stay open? Did you stay flat? Where is your thumb? Is it picked down up? Is your palm in on your backswing? How far back yep. are you going? Think about yep. it like, and feel the motion again and try to reteach the muscle memory because you basically have to get back to the point where whatever happened, your muscle memory is completely screwed up right now. And it's doing the wrong thing. So you need to revert it and actively reteach yourself how to throw it flat again. Um, and that's what I've been doing for literally two straight weeks. So if you guys watch these videos and 
it's it's brutal, man. Like I I I felt like I literally had never played bags before for like a large yeah. amount of time. I was literally texting Corbin about how much I hated playing bags daily. <laughs> it was because I was just like story. I'm out there for seven hours straight and I can't throw the bag flat with <laughs> no idea why. So it's a true story. It's a grind. It, it it definitely happens to everybody. I mean, I probably throw bags as much as most, like as high as most people do, and mm-hmm. uh, and I even had it so. Um, uh, one more question here, Derek Lacey. Uh, before we get into that one. Oh, good. Before we get into that one, I got one before that. Cause I think Derek's question is really good to end it on. Sure. So I did have, uh, Christian, my buddy messaged me and he said, you know, Hey, have you guys done it yet? Can you answer one more question? I said, absolutely. Let's go. It's a really good one. So if you could take any pro to a bring your own partner journey, who would it be and why? Um, well, in my own just because of like people I've talked to and whatnot, I think shooting with Jamie Graham would be sick because he seems like a super cool dude. Um, I also think from listening to a podcast, hanging out with Brett Guy would be sick because he just seems like he just chills out and drinks Bud Lights. And I'm like, mm-hmm. that sounds fun. I could do that. I, I'd be I'd be a really good like pregame partner. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> like, um, but I'm not I, a good in-game partner. Yeah, I mean, I, and I think for me <laughs> – the, how I look at that question is every single pro is good. So like, I don't have to worry about them playing because I know I'm going to be the one that loses us the game anyway. So it doesn't really matter right. who I pick to play because they're not going to lose us the game. Uh, so it's you more, hang out with yeah, them. exactly. And I'm like, I want to hang out with someone that's just looking to like chill out have some Bud Lights, talk, hang out, walk around. I dig that. You know, that's kind of how I look at it. I dig that. Um, you know, it's, it's funny that you bring up like Brett guy. Cause I actually was thinking about him. I was like, he just kind of seems like he'd be cool to hang out with, and yeah. throw with. <laughs> yeah. you know, like, and it's, I actually got, I know it's not even close, but the guy I was playing with on Saturday was like, have you ever watched Brett guy throw? And I was like, well, yeah, of course. He's like, you remind me of him. And it's just when I'm in tournament mode, right. I do kind of like look down and like compose myself as they're throwing and then see where their bag went, grab mine from the board. And then I, I throw, you know, we have a very similar cadence at least. Um, to our throw. So I think that would actually work really well. Um, I think that'd be fun. Uh, might not be a popular opinion, but I think playing with Frank Maudlin would be a blast because he's so I heard positive. he's the nicest dude too. He's so he's such a nice guy. I can't I can't stand the overstep thing. I, I love don't it. like it every single throw. I know you do, and it's I fine. I mean, it. I don't know. I know I said earlier I wouldn't call anyone out for it. You know, it's whatever. That that doesn't bother me. It's he gets into his opponent's head, dude. Like, Ugh, come on. You know, he, he would get but, in your head. You're seeing him freaking fly past you every two seconds. Oh like, man. He seems like the nicest guy in the world, you know? Um, and then just to throw it out, I think Eric Davis, because watching that kid throw is just exciting. Yeah. I mean, the pushes he makes his airmail, he doesn't like shooting airmails, but he shoots them, his flops. I mean, it's just, he'd be a blast. So there's so many. They're I all so good to play with. I mean, it's, you know, you know, my area is super pro heavy. Yeah. So I do play with pros at, you know, certain tournaments. We have blind draws and you might get paired up with them, whatever, you know, it's Maya Cup's the nicest girl in the entire universe. You can throw all four off and she's like, good job. You tried. <laughs> <laughs> I kid you not, man. She is, she is the nicest girl. You know, it's, there's just so many. I mm-hmm. think it'd be great to throw with literally all of them. It's just who you want to go with personality wise. Yeah. And like, I mean, for anyone who, I mean, yes, they're on TV and stuff, but like I've messaged with a ton of, I mean, the pros are just, your normal people, people that play at blind draws, they're just really good. 
So then they They're go play. So, so I mean, it's just like, like They're I mean, so I mean, for your example, like Maya Cup and uh, mm-hmm. Shram, and then they all play at yeah. your local Shrambo. blind draws. Yep. But then they're yep. also on TV. It's just like they're just at the bar <laughs> too, hanging out. It's just they just happen to yeah. be insanely good. They're very good. Yep. Um, okay, well, here's a good last question. So, what yes. is the or Derek Lacey asks, uh, what is your best cornhole achievement and or your most memorable moment? Uh, yeah. Why don't I, I mean, go first? Because you probably one, like, have a better achievement than me. No, uh, I really don't. But go ahead. You, well, you won a competitive event. I didn't even done well, that. that. Okay, way to. <laughs> so way to spoiler alert, my achievement. Well, you said you have no achievements, so let me <laughs> remind you of the. Uh, uh, so I, I was actually telling Corbin. No, uh, go ahead. With this question, uh, you know, I have two different routes, right? The one route is with this YouTube thing. Um, just the amount of people that I've talked to. And the amount of people that I've met and the bags I've got to try and like getting yeah. it, it kind of got me into the hobby. So I'd say like, it's not really an achievement, but like getting, all, you know, all the support that I've gotten on YouTube and like, and like kind of becoming a person that like people think to go to is just a really cool thing for me. Um, I spend a lot of time researching stuff and talking to people and digging into the nitty gritty stuff about hobbies, especially with this one. I mean, you know, like I know everything about like the materials and bags mm-hmm. and manufacturing. I mean, I, but I, I nerd out about that stuff and I get really in. So like having yep. people that like kind of um, rectify that or like, like show that like, you know, it's worth something like, wow, that's really cool. Or they ask me a lot of questions. It really is a positive thing for me. And I really enjoy that and being that kind of, um, thing to talk to in terms of like, yeah. um, playing. I mean, like I haven't done anything big. I just, I mean, I've won a couple blind draws that are super cool or just it's for me, it's more the people I've just met a lot of really cool people locally and online. And just know that if you've messaged me on Facebook or we've had a conversation, like I'm always genuine, like I'm never trying to you know, it's I, you. Anyone can reach out to me. I'm just a normal guy. It's just, it's just nice for me to meet people. I'm a pretty extroverted guy. So, just all the people I got mm-hmm. to meet is kind of the the biggest, uh, my most memorable thing from Cornell. I'd say. Yep, it is awesome. I do like that. I'm I'm gonna piggyback on you there because it is super cool. Just like getting into this little niche market that we have of Cornell reviews, right? And it's like people are like, "Why didn't people do this sooner?" I'm like. I don't know. I wasn't even going to do it. I'm not going to lie to you. Mm-hmm. I really wasn't. And I got kind of talked into it and started doing it. And now it's just, it's really cool. You know, when people are like, thank you so much. You've helped me so much. Or yeah. you saved, you saved me this much money, you know, or as Derek likes to tell me, you cost me this yeah, much my, money. My wallet <laughs> keeps emptying every time you release yeah. a video. <laughs> yeah. Derek tells me all the time. Yeah. It's funny. It's his question on that one. But I mean, yeah, as far as like a personal achievement, it's yeah. I took first in that competitive tournament. Um, and in the same day, my partner and I both got, you know, we got second. So I took first, my partner took second, and then we took second together. You know, and it was, that was cool. Um, you know, winning a couple of blind draws is always fun, but that's usually with pros. So it doesn't really count because it's not, I mean, you. you still got to throw. Yeah. yeah, you still got to throw. You just watch game. them. You, know, you still, yeah. <laughs> still got to beat the other person. But I mean, it's, there's just so much cool thing with this. I mean, getting paired up with, certain companies you know like you're saying getting getting bags talking with manufacturers talk with bag makers talk with a ton of different people i mean it's it's a really cool position that we're in mm-hmm. and it's just i can't wait to go to go to opens or yeah, whatever else like go to something big and just meet all these people that i've talked to all the time and the manufacturers and you know whatever it's it's just it's been a lot of fun it's really cool 
And I would say one more, one more little question that I saw that's kind of a funny question, but uh, yeah. when, when are we going to play our one-on-one and who's going to win? I'm going to win guaranteed. Dude, Corbin will not Jay even score. That? I don't think, uh, I, I don't, I mean, I, I don't know if you guys have watched him throw. He's so that? bad. He's not good at this game. I, especially <laughs> I figured out my release now. He's so <laughs> screwed. Like I would have beat him with my kicking bags. I was getting used to yeah. You know. <laughs> I'm going to beat you with listen, your own tangos that, that just that's to rub fine. it in. That's fine. I literally just looked at Facebook and I have to ask you this question because it cracks me up. Ask him why he doesn't pronounce template correctly. <laughs> I said, what do I say? Template? What's when did, when have I said, uh, Oh, really? Yeah, like, can't you, you say, say template? <laughs> you is say it, template. Yeah. Isn't. I'm from. It's a Midwest thing, isn't it? I don't know. I know. Template. Well, it's it's not a Michigan thing. Make, don't lump milk, us in milk. with you. <laughs> what do you call What do you call a yeah. thing that you drink water out of in a school? Water bottle? No, no, like like the drinking thing fountain. No, it's a bubbler, bro. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> no, I really, I, I saw that no, question, not. but I thought he was talking about you because I was like, like, what about mm-hmm. template? <laughs> I had no thing. clue. I was like, I was like, I'm yeah. not even gonna write this one down because I don't even understand the joke here. <laughs> like I literally just looked at the Facebook. I was like, I have to bring that up. That's hilarious. Uh, but for people that are actually no, wondering, like, uh, my goal is to get out by Corbin in the spring. Is kind of what we're trying to do. So yeah, we, that we is both, what we're shooting. We for. both have winter coming in, so we basically have unusable weather for the like five six months straight, basically. So yeah. sometime in the spring, um, I'd like to yep. take some time off and go out there and play blind draws and make yep. make content so that's so. what i was thinking we gotta we gotta figure out a week that there's like events almost every night or whatever and just just have a ton of fun i mean maybe even have it where there's a regional on like saturday or sunday or something and a pair up with you on regionals yeah something like that but uh but yeah that's all the questions appreciate you guys asking questions that was it's fun i mean we, we talked for a while here but i mean like uh again yeah, like we're that. just we're just normal dudes and and this is something we'll do again if this is again in the youtube comments if you guys like obviously weren't on the facebook post just comment on this video too and see like of questions you want to know. I'll just compile another list and we'll do another, it, like if we get enough traction and a couple more podcasts from now, we'll do another one like this. Um, yeah, I, like you know, it. I mean, it's, it's something fun to do and, and answer. And there's a lot of really good questions. I, I think, I mean, that all this stuff makes a lot of sense. So, um, we'll appreciate you guys stopping by for a little bit of a longer one, but, um, sure shot, great bags, check out sure shot. Um, all their yep. bags are sweet and uh, appreciate all the questions. Uh, it's fun to interact with you guys this way. So um, hope you guys have a great rest of your week and we'll catch you guys in the next podcast. Thanks guys. See you guys.